friends invite you along for an overnight camping trip. You pack everything you can think of and somehow show up with all the wrong things. What do you do next? This week I would like to dive back into the world of overnight camping, focusing specifically on first-time trips. Uh, So I'm hoping this info I give today will be effective for both the experienced camper as well as campers who are just starting out. That being said, hello and uh, welcome to Heading North. My name is Nick. I'm your host. I'd like to take a moment to ask everyone to follow the show on social media. There's a lot of uh, awesome reels and photos with uh, content talked about in the show. So if you want to check that out, search at Heading North Podcast on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram, or at Heading North Pod on Twitter. Overnight camping is an amazing experience. The smell of the campfire and sleeping under the stars with friends or family can make for a great weekend. Though, when we forget some of our essential camping gear, these weekends can get pretty messy. Choosing the right camping style for you is extremely important when it comes to uh, how you're going to camp and making sure you do it the right way. Uh, I have a friend who describes camping as being homeless for fun, and um, I feel like he can't be farther from correct when he says that. And it's just a matter of he doesn't know what kind of camping style fits him. And maybe possibly none do, but I I feel like there's definitely a form of camping for everyone. So I just want to kind of run through the different types of camping that you can do while you're uh, planning your next camping trip. So car camping, uh, which can mean a few different things. Sometimes it means setting up an air mattress in the back of your car or truck and uh, sleeping there. Or it can be pulling your car into a campsite and unpacking there. So both of those would constitute as car camping. Then there's tent camping, uh, which can be done while car camping, but is also meant to be when you hike or walk to a campsite and pitch a tent. This is more common in national or state parks. Um, And then you have RV or trailer camping. This is pretty self-explanatory. In my opinion, uh, this type of camping generally requires campsites suitable for the size of your camper and at time requires electric and water hookups. And then you also have, and not not least by any means, primitive or cowboy camping. This is exactly what it sounds like. It's camping under the stars, you know, the act of setting up a pad or sleeping bag uh, under the stars is uh, most times you're going to be near a fire. So, you know, that's pretty much exactly what you would expect when you hear cowboy camping. All of these types of camping can be super fun cowboy and tent camping being the most rugged to rv and sometimes trailer camping having the most comforts from home but uh all are are definitely great choices for when you're deciding and the reason why i wanted to kind of run through that is is you don't have to conform directly to the tent camping or the rv camping you can kind of branch out and experience what is best for you that way you know for future times and you can actually enjoy your camping trip instead of it being kind of a hassle that you see happening every year every other year so now that you know what type of camping you want to do you got to start looking at the best times of year for your overnight so depending on the area you would like to go camping uh here especially um and some other northern areas uh you really have to be careful choosing the overnight camping you know, the time that you would go overnight camping simply because we have a very defined summer season. So what that means is, is we have cold weather. So for a good amount of the year, the insurance liabilities in the park or whatever it may be, uh, don't allow us to have a camping season during the winter. So you also, you have to take those things into effect, especially in the Northern hemisphere of the U S or, um, in the UK, you want to look at this this type of thing. As far as the time of year that I would prefer to go that fits within those constraints of the summer season uh, is going to be the end of summer and early fall. The end of summer offers warm days and cool nights and in the northern U.S. and Midwest, uh, less damp conditions. That's usually what happens during the springtime. And at this point, it's a little bit dry. 
I've put together a slight list of how to kind of choose how to go camping. So I want to run through that really quick just to kind of fully explain this. So you have to know when uh, the camping season begins, as I was saying before. That's number one, first and foremost. That can be different depending on where you are in the country or in different countries. So a quick Google search will get you that answer. After that, you want to understand what it is like to camp in each of the seasons that you're planning on camping in. Uh, when you're in spring, it's going to be damp and rainy, and there's going to be some snow earlier on in the season. Summer, obviously, you're going to have hot and dry days. You're also going to have some pretty decent storms. Uh, fall is going to be at times cold and damp, but generally a good time to camp. And then winter, uh, I don't necessarily advise anyone for their first overnight camping trip. But you can be done uh, if you are going with someone who has experience or you yourself have experience. Um, but you definitely need to prepare differently than you would for any of the other three seasons. So once you've kind of decided and, and understood those two things, now you want to check for campsite reservations. If you're going to a national or state park, there are going to be reservations that you have to set up. Sometimes even on the, the hike to sites that are going to be farther out in the parks. And then after that, you obviously want to check weather conditions and make sure that you're prepared with the right attire and gear to make sure that you can stay dry or warm or whatever you may need to. Uh, I personally use AccuWeather and then I use NOAA weather apps um, depending on how close I am to the coastline. And those tend to give me the best readings for what to look forward to for my trip and as far as the weather is concerned. Then after this, you kind of want to consult with friends and other experienced campers. This could even be as simple as doing some extra research on a forum but uh someone may know the perfect time of year to camp um at one of the spots that you're looking so it, it's definitely worth it to ask around i'm a huge advocate for joining a bunch of the outdoor facebook groups uh most of them are pretty easy to join with a couple simple questions and you are opened up to a community of people who if you ask questions will definitely be able to help you out so that's number five for me is i would definitely say to reach out to the people around you in the community and you'll kind of get a good idea of when the best times to go are now on any camping trip there are 10 essentials you're going to hear me talk about 10 essentials a lot i'll even be posting some 10 essential checklists for people to have that way they can uh, or you if you want to check it out can enjoy those and uh, use those to make sure that you have everything for your next camping trip but um, as i was saying on any camping trip there are 10 essentials you want to always have with you. Uh, I have a tote that stays packed with all these items so that I can just pick it up and go when it's time to go camping. So right off at number one is some form of navigation device, i.e. compass, GPS, phone map, or uh, normal map. Even when you are in an established camping area, it is good to have one packed and understand how to use it. Uh, for some info on using a compass, you can listen to episode number 18, The Modern Wayfinder. I would also highly recommend as my number two a decent headlight or some form of fa uh, flashlight. I personally prefer having a headlamp with me. I, I usually use a Black Diamond rechargeable brand. Extremely durable, effective, and like I said, they're rechargeable so you don't have to worry about changing out batteries over and over again. It's just something good to have with you. Flashlights are great, but it kind of ties up a hand when you're trying to get things done. So I definitely recommend looking around and getting yourself a headlamp. For number three, I put sun protection. It's going to be necessary year-round. I personally use SPF 50 sunblock um, and try to be as environmentally conscious with the brand, i.e. looking for reef-safe products. Uh, I usually look for anything that at least has the seal and has the appropriate information on it because sometimes people say they are and they're not. So you definitely want to look out for that with your sunscreen. And in this, I also want to add not just sunscreen, but uh, bug spray. Uh, 
especially where I am in the Midwest and in most parts of the Northern Hemisphere, we're going to deal with a lot of mosquitoes. So having bug spray with you is going to be definitely on the essential list and can kind of pair up with sun protection. After that, you want to make sure that you have a first aid kit. If you head over to the blog post for this episode, you'll see a list from the American Red Cross for what you should have in your first aid kit. So you'll be able to check that out there. I don't want to dive too heavy because it is a long list, but you know, things like a compress, um, a guide, a couple of absorbent pads, you know, all, all the different shenanigans, but uh, I don't want to go too far because like I said, there is a long list on there to make sure you have an, a decent first aid kit. Then after that, you want to have a knife or some type of multi-tool, a uh, three-inch folding knife, a hatchet or saw is going to be a great item to make sure that you can cut wood and, um, you know, use the tool in, in different ways to make your camping trip easier. For number six, uh, one of the main components for camping is the tent or shelter itself. Uh, what you bring depends on the style of camping and group size. When sleeping in your own tent, I have found a light two weight, uh, really one, per, or excuse me, a two person, which is really a one person tent uh, to be extremely effective. They tend to stay watertight and provide the just the right amount of space for you and your gear, and you don't really have to worry about anyone else in your space. Um, but if you want to have a larger group with you, you can use a three person um, or a larger tent, like a four or five person. I would highly recommend listening to episode number 13, Know Before You Buy Tents, uh, for more information on selecting the right tent. And then, and if you would like to stay somewhere that's going to offer lodging, like a lean-to cabin or platform tent, uh, you always want to make sure that you check well in advance. A lot of times these spaces do fill up at uh, different campgrounds. So at number seven, uh, no camping trip is complete without a campfire. So uh, my number seven is going to be some type of item to light a fire. I like to bring a lighter and a box of waterproof matches. Uh, you can usually find any type of waterproof match at so anywhere like Walmart, Target, or anything like that in their camping supply area. Um, and then I also like to bring some type of fire starter with me. This is all kind of within my fire starting kit. I like to uh, take the lint from your dryer and fill it with uh, or fill it into empty toilet paper rolls. And it makes for like a nice little dry fire starter that you can throw right in the fire and uh, kind of burn off some of uh, your waste that you're using at home. And then you, you also are going to need some type of fueling, whether that's wood or uh, recycled paper product, anything you can use to help kind of build that fire. So after some type of fire starter, we have number eight. Within the nature of staying overnight, you're most likely going to have to cook some meals. So there are quite a few ways to prepare food on the trail. Cooking with a propane stove or camp fuel burner like the MSR Pocket Rocket is my personal favorite way to do this. It's just quick, easy, and you can cook a lot of things at, at once. Um, but for that, you're going to need a propane stove or camp fuel burner, uh, as well as enough fuel for the amount of food you are going to cook. So this will allow you uh, to cook things like eggs, sausage, ground meat, soup, other items like that that require flame. You can make coffee. You can also boil water and do any of the uh, hiking or camping meals that you can get at any outfitter and most grocery stores. So like I said, that seems to be the easiest way that I like to use. But you can also do something like a campfire cooking setup. I personally enjoy a campfire in a Dutch oven for cooking when I'm doing something like car camping. Uh, but this opens up even more options for food, pot pies, stews, other homemade soups, breads, and pizza. So definitely a lot more options when you can kind of have that, that campfire cooking going. Now, I realized that this topic of food was kind of sidetracked by ways to cook. Uh, but here's some good general rule of thumbs for what to pack for a single overnight camping experience for, for meals. 
So depending on what time you start during the day, you're going to want some type of lunch or an afternoon snack. You can do cold cut sandwiches, salad, trail mix, chips, salsa, stuff like that. You're going to want that just to make sure you have enough fuel as you're really digging into your hike. And then once you get wherever you're going, you're going to want to set up and have dinner. So bring some type of soup or stew. You can bring ground beef, potatoes, and corn. I like to put them in foil and then cook them in the fire. Uh, any type of camping meals where you just have to add water uh, or add boiling water, excuse me. Then obviously you've slept overnight, you've had your dinner, you're going to wake up, you're going to want breakfast, you're going to need that fuel for your hike back or for your, to your next uh, location. So you're going to want things like pancakes, toast, uh, any type of proteins like sausage and eggs or bacon. Uh, you can do oatmeal or again, camping meals. They usually make, will make lunch, dinner, snacks and everything in between. Um, and then you may want a lunch for when you're getting closer down to your hike or just for that midday meal. And if you are doing more than one day of camping, you're going to want to repeat these things. So just keep that in mind so you have enough provisions for each day and then a little bit extra. And you're also going to want snacks on the trail. So trail mix, chips, fruit, uh, beef jerky, or pretzels, anything like that. It's important in any trip, but especially in overnight trips, to pack a little bit of extra food than you would think you will need. It's much more enjoyable to have what you need than go without. Now for number nine, water is the most important item for any outdoor experience in my opinion, especially when camping. There are a few things to keep in mind when camping. Some sites have taps for potable water, so check campground websites to find that information out. Water is needed for cooking. Uh, you can't make coffee, ramen, or most uh, camp meals without it, so plan ahead and know how much water to set aside just to make for meals. And then you will also need water for cleaning. So if there isn't a clean water source to clean, then you will want to have a half gallon uh, to a gallon just for this. Then you also need to stay hydrated. For this, I tend to follow a good rule of thumb uh, for hiking, as well as camping of at least two cups or half a liter of water per hour. So when you're planning your water consumption, you want to take all of these into effect. That way you can make sure that you have a wa enough water to get you through until either your next checkpoint that has a water source or your trip, your entire trip itself. For number 10 on the 10 essentials, with the nature of spending more than one day on your camping trip, you will also need a change of clothes or two. So to be sure... Pe be sure to pack a pair of pajamas or clothes to sleep in. If you sleep in the clothes from the day, they have accumulated a lot of moisture and can cool you down too much or make you uncomfortable. So you want to make sure you do have some type of change for when you're going to sleep. And then you may also need a change of clothes for the next day. In most cases, I tend to rewear day one clothes with a change of underwear and socks. Uh, this may be something you want to consider if you are hiking to your campsite, but you can also bring some extra clothes as well. You also want to plan for inclement weather with rain gear and a change of dry clothes or warmer layers if needed. So those are the bare 10 essentials, but when camping, obviously there are some other things that you're, you might want to bring along with you just to have the comfort, one of which being a sleeping bag or blanket, some type of sleeping pad or air mattress or cot, that way you can get up off the ground, a lightweight hammock to kind of enjoy your time swinging around, then you can also get rechargeable lanterns, uh, toiletries like toilet paper, towel, soap, toothbrush, stuff like that. Uh, games like a card or board game uh, for adults, beer or wine. That's always a fun time for me. I always like to have a beer with me when I go out on any type of overnight trip. And then obviously you can bring something like a camp chair. I love the little ultralight ones that you can pack into your uh, camping gear. So definitely check those out. And then you could also bring something like an extra blanket or a dish cleaning station. Camping is one of my favorite outdoor experiences. It's an awesome way to have fun with friends and connect with nature, but it can be fun for just about anyone if you follow these tips and tricks. 
but above all, above all else, just enjoy it and get out there. That being said, everyone, thank you so much for listening into this week's episode. Uh, remember to follow the show on your favorite social media platform at Heading North Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and at Heading North Pod on Twitter. For more from Heading North Podcast, go to www.headingnorthpodcast.com. Music in this episode was brought to you by Asylum Music and Media Works. And to support the show, visit patreon.com forward slash Heading North Podcast or pick up some of the awesome show merch at www.headingnorthpodcast.com forward slash shop. And don't forget to follow and review Heading North Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.